lights, sirens, heroes. You're listening to the Unreasonable Grounds Podcast. And welcome everybody back to the Unreasonable Grounds Podcast. I'm Mike Thompson. Is with me as always is Mike Sherman. As you know, our job is to bring you the latest and greatest in news and articles involving first responders, that's police, fire, search and rescue, and paramedicine from across Canada, as well as adding just a smidge of humor into the whole thing. And this week, we've got a Regina Police Service news article and media release with regards to their youth police studies and the Scott Academy, as well as we're going to get into a little bit about the best dressed police vehicles in Canada for 2020. We may even look back to 2019, but we're super excited to get this going. So let's start off and let's uh, let's get to the news. Sounds good. Before we do that, Mike, I think we need to break donut. It is our tradition. It is the unreasonable grounds tradition of breaking donut. We're going to get into these today for the first time for me. It's the first time for me as well. We are trying the McDonald's Little, and it's not Little, it's Little, L-I-L apostrophe. Yeah, Little Donuts. Old Donuts. I thought maybe it just had street cred, like Little Kim. Maybe. (laughs) They're obviously quite small, but in comparison, and we had this conversation that last episode about the donuts. We said the smaller donuts is kind of our jam, going into that. And these are smaller. I could have gone with Lil Bow Wow as well. I think that you have been you a could have. Cut, how how old are we now? Hey. Uh, well, I've cited Lil Kim and Lil Bow Wow, so I'm guessing people are either googling that to find out who those people are, or going, "Wow, I remember back in the day." We're very sorry for the people that are just getting our youth getting into the police and career, looking in the police and career. Some of us are getting a little bit older, and you'll just have to uh, excuse our references to the early 2000s, late 90s. These rap and R&B people going by the little starting abbreviation. So let's uh, let's get into donut and go from there. Exactly. Cheers. Uh, Remember our our traditional COVID cheers. The air cheers. Now these donuts might be a little bit old. It it is nine o'clock at night. I did buy them probably close to eight p.m. And that's like McDonald's COVID time too. It's McDonald's though. So I, I think for me. I've had one of these little donuts before, but not this uh, apple fritter. So uh, let's see where we go. That's really good. Why does this happen? Wow. I'm pleasantly surprised. What doesn't translate into the audio recording, and I so badly want to lick my fingers right now. And just go. (laughs) Is that... I have like the biggest smile on my face right now, and it's not just a sugar <laughs> rush after a large coffee and yeah. getting into a donut. Why does that have to happen where I actually like a donut from McDonald's? You know what? I, this was the best, because like I said, I've had one of the other ones before, and it was mediocre. I don't remember which one I had. I think it was a chocolate one, but again, it was mediocre. This apple fritter, while there's a slight chemical taste... Probably a bit of a preservative or something like that. Tastes a little not quite super fresh. However, it's nice and fluffy. It tastes good. There's that distinct apple flavor to it. Like it's, you know, there is this bit of a aftertaste of cheap donut. But overall, it's actually quite good. Yeah, I kind of taste the after effect. Like you're saying, there's a little bit of a chemical something or other yeah. to it. But I will say this is I'm not sure if it's just like the apple jam of sorts. Like mm. it's, maybe it's the the additive they add to freshen or keep the apples fresh. But 100%. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And probably a preservative on the apple or something like that. Because let's face it, it's McDonald's. These are ingredients are prepared elsewhere and it's 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 bucket donuts exactly it's bucket donut and and you know what for a bucket donut absolutely yeah you know pretty good because i'm pretty sure krispy kreme is bucket donut as well too but um, yeah you know what it's it's rare that you don't get it It, there's actually like legit chunks of apple in this eh? i'm blown away i'm i'm i'd like to say i'm speechless i don't anybody who knows me it's i'm never speechless yeah um, I'm actually quite stunned. So, uh, well done, McDonald's. You, you surprised me because yeah. I thought this was going to be the worst donut ever. And uh, at the risk of being overly critical, I had very low expectations and was very pleasantly blown away. <laughs> absolutely. So on that note, hey, we're just getting into good news everywhere. So, 
So getting into the first article, it is a CTV News article out of Regina, and it's coming out of October 16, 2020. It's an article written by Stephanie Davis, a CTV News Regina video journalist. It says, New High School Police Academy offers education with a law enforcement twist. Now, usually my spare time, I guess you would say, would be Googling, looking for really good news stories coming out of Canadian police agencies. And when I say uh, Googling, I, because of being a police nerd and enjoying just as a hobby, I guess you would say, and being aware of the good work being done by police and the innovation that comes into law enforcement, I know a lot of the police forces and the municipal police forces all across Canada and I'm very aware of the landscape of policing. So when I look for these articles, they go all the way from the RNC, the Royal Newfoundland Constabulary, running across all the municipal police forces, New Brunswick, you know, PEI, Charlottetown, and and right across yeah. through the, the gaping mass that is Quebec and Ontario with a million and a half uh, municipal police forces. And then a lot of the RCMP detachments as well. They're a little bit harder to find these. But this one, because I spent time in Regina, I did 10 months in Regina. Sounds like I did a prison term or something like that. Like, oh, I did a 10-month bid in Regina. Because uh, I spent some time there. And I'm sure there's lots of people that will understand exactly. Exactly, yeah. It's either you loved it or you hated it. Um, I really liked Regina. So I was looking into this one and I came across the article. And uh, because Mike and I, we both have uh, some experience with some of these particular academies, mm -hmm. I thought this was really unique. But it goes into saying that a new police program at Scott Collegiate is giving one class of grade nine students a hands-on opportunity to learn about law enforcement while also teaching them leadership skills and offering a sense of belonging. Now, immediately, the first thing I thought of was, uh, because I'm familiar with them, is the RCMP youth academies that are put on as well as some of the ones that are done by Toronto and a couple of the municipal police forces, as well as the one at Depot that takes place every year for students from basically everywhere across Canada, except for BC, because oh. they have their own. So in this case, I was really interested uh, to see what they were doing differently in Regina. I think for me, one of the things that I have to say pops out instantaneously to me is that this is actually class curriculum this is not an extracurricular activity this is actually at the lack of a better term or if i again want to show how old i am back in my day we had career prep programs and we did a co-op program uh, throughout high school and this speaks a lot of parallels to those programs that i'm familiar to as actually part of the school curriculum and personally i think that's fantastic it's it's really easy to say oh go out and do stuff but when it's outside of the curriculum some students are just way too damn busy to be able to do it or i know my personal problem particularly in elementary school i couldn't partake in a lot of sports just because of the money involved and you know coming from a single mom it's I think this is absolutely fantastic. This is a really awesome opportunity and the fact that they're actually integrating it into the educational program for the selective students instead of an additional thing, I think is really awesome. This is, I've never seen something quite like this before and I'm really excited to learn more about it. Yeah, and for the first time we're looking at it, it says the Scott Police Academy launched in September. The program is a partnership between the Regina Police Service and Regina Public Schools. Organizers say it's the only known program of its kind in Canada, and I think they're actually correct. In doing some homework and some research on this, because I really wanted to have the powder dry on this to, to highlight some of the other programs that might be going on in Canada, mm -hmm. I, I searched them all. I, I went right through the gamut of them and looked for all the major municipal police forces that might have similar pro programs. Yeah. And the closest thing I found was about a eight-week or nine-week program that the Surrey RCMP puts on. But it's not dedicated only to youth. It's also for citizens who want to sit down and see how police do their job and mm -hmm. the intricacies of the job itself. So I'm really interested. It said the police academy class consists of 14 students from all parts of the public school division who move as a unit for their daily lessons the majority of their class curriculum pulls in law enforcement themed content like you said that's fantastic i wish and this is to the root of this i wish as a law enforcement officer and yourself that i had this when i was going through high school 
Yeah, it's again that this really speaks to the one of a kind nature of it. I think for myself, coming from a background with volunteering and as a uh, reserve constable, this is really taking it to the next level. And again, I can't think of anything that would even come close to touch, skimming the surface of, of what's involved in this. The only thing that I can think of, at least locally, that I'm aware of is what used to be police camp down in the South Island. Uh, but that was, to really dumb it down, a summer camp program. So it was very short term, outside of the curriculum, didn't quote unquote count for anything when you consider, you know, graduation requirements and whatnot that uh, kids have. And yeah, the fact that it's integrated. And I think for me, just reading the one line says, the majority of their class curriculum pulls in law enforcement themed content. So this to me says the majority, not all of it, so it's not like they're getting pulled out and put into police school. It's they're still probably doing their core elements that you would expect students of this age group to be studying. But it also offers them an opportunity to learn something about what I think we can both probably agree to. And a lot of our listeners, a very specific niche. Yeah, exactly. And it goes on to say, Jody Santag said this, this we find just really helps the students engage in what they're learning because they find a little bit more interest and a little bit more application to real life scenarios. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Why not? These are 14 students from the article it states that were pulled from all the different high schools. And not when I say pulled, they gave applications and they were accepted into this particular stream. Yeah. Now, it's, she also said that the academy has a strong emphasis on physical activity and much of the students training is inspired by police training again fantastic absolutely yeah. and now you made a very good point mike is that they're not being what it sounds like bombarded with you know you're not being pulled out and you're just putting through a police boot camp there's nothing like that these kids are still getting their high school education they're still getting their core curriculum that they're required but there's a twist towards the career Exactly. And for a lot of us, they got into law enforcement, you know, they might have gone through different streams. And that's actually a good thing, too, that we have a lot of people within our profession that come from outside of just the policing worlds. We have accountants, we have psychologists, mm -hmm. we have several other different types of career paths, historians, archaeologists, like... Yep. It's wild to hear the stories within policing of people and where they came from and eventually ended up in the career they wanted to be in, which was law enforcement. Yeah, so to, to see this program. On that note, from my personal experience with the agencies and honestly, just the individual members that I've been able to work with in the past, it's that diverse background that lends to the strength of the unit as a whole. And, you know, when some people are like, oh, I was a teacher. Okay, great. Yeah. You know, that's a really relevant kind of career that, you know, you can see a lot of parallels into policing and stuff. So with this type of course, they're getting an early look and exposure. And this is similar to what the experience that I've had. Now, I'm not a spokesperson whatsoever. My opinion is only mine and it doesn't reflect that of my employer, but the experience that I've had with the uh, Prince George Youth Academy up in the north was absolutely fantastic. And if there's any students that I helped instruct over the two years that I was doing that, listening to the podcast, I hope everybody's doing well and getting, getting into the career the way that they want to. Uh, but it, it's that exposure to the different fields. It's the exposure to the different units. And in this particular case, they talk a lot about the fact that they have a couple of different units that come in. The child exploitation unit that comes yeah. in and talks to them. The technology. So if that be the uh, uh, tech crime yeah. members uh, in the RCMP, they had the ITCU. I think one thing that um, I didn't initially consider about this, but am now definitely starting to realize the students that are going to go th through all this, if they have an objective to become members of law enforcement or first responders or anything even semi-related, great. If they don't, I think they're all. You know, I think it's 
irrelevant of what their end objective is, is they're going to come out with a good set of life skills, problem solving, communication skills, you know, the ability just to talk and listen to people. Communication is a huge part of policing, being able to empathize as and show discipline during difficult times, as well as empathy. You don't want to be a robot, but you don't necessarily, you know, want to be the shoulder to cry on either. You got to have the ability to not just balance in between the two, but even kind of bounce between the two sometimes. And I could see a lot of students going through this program. And while they may not necessarily get directly into law enforcement, I could see them becoming more supportive of the community as a whole. And I don't mean the policing community. I mean their own community. They're going to learn skills that are going to benefit everybody that's around them, not just themselves. And uh, the future is bright for not only the people that are going through this program, but the communities that they go on to serve in whatever capacity. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what comes out of the program. And the biggest thing that I saw coming out of this is it said, the next year, the academy will be offered to a new class of grade nine students. The plan is to have the current class go through all of high school in the academy, making it a four-year program. Students from other schools are invited to enroll, which would make Scott Collegiate their new school. This is, again, fantastic. This is a one-year program that they're working on right now is the grade nine students, and they could be in the future and like they said the plan for this going forward was to be to have them go all the way through high school again that's four years of high school curriculum with attention to the law enforcement angle to it could you imagine the experience that comes out of there and the leg up that they have and not only like you said maybe they don't get into policing a little bit later Mm -hmm. but the leg up that the ones that do want to get into the policing career the profession that we love so much yeah the leg up that they'll have and getting into post-secondary so if they go into let's say they go the university stream and they go into psychology or social studies absolutely and they can just broaden that perspective and get what they need to get out of it whereas some of us that went through and then went on to post-secondary went into academia and thought, well, how do I, I don't know enough about policing. How do I relate this particular type of subject to my first or second year psych 201 or 101 class? Well, and the exact opposite roles reversed as well. You know, great. You finish school, you've got a doctorate in psychology and you're a wizard. Okay, that's great. Now you've finished police academy, you've got a badge and a gun, and do you think some drug-influenced, crazy, emotionally disturbed person is going to necessarily understand your fancy book smarts? Absolutely not. You know, you've got to find a way to dial it back to deal with the people that you're going to be dealing with on a day-to-day basis, and I think... From what I'm reading here, this is going to set them up for a very realistic expectation of to how to achieve that balance between what you're taught out of a book and what realistically is maybe going to apply. And yeah, sure, sometimes that that doctorate is going to be very useful and other times it's not. And I think this is going to be very real for the people involved. It's... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what comes out of it. I'm going to keep yeah. track on it. I'm going to try to make some contacts in with the actual program to see what kind of information we can get out of it, yeah, as well as what and how this whole program came about. And is this something that we could see and could bring to other areas and other police forces jurisdictions to be mm-hmm. able to get some awareness out yep. there? So excellent work by the Regina Police Service. Excellent work by the school board in Regina to be able to pull this program together. I know that there was probably quite a bit of pushback, yep. uh, if not, and that seems reasonable. Well, you know, you know, for me, I think again, I obviously I only have myself to look back upon. You know, when I started uh, high school, I was initially in a biology career prep program, and obviously where you would branch out of that would be either something scientific or medical. Okay, that's great. And, you know, the stuff that I started to learn was fantastic. 
there was other career prep programs offered at my schools that ranged anything from trade heavy to arts heavy to various maths, sciences, language studies, you name it. There was a pretty good scope. However, there was nothing that would get you into law enforcement. Uh, and personally, I think this is, in all honesty, kind of overdue, right? I love the fact that they're thinking outside of the box and incorporating the physical element of, you know, police training into it as well. Uh, again, using myself an as an example, going through the reserve program, the physical training that we did, Petrie was not only extremely physically challenging, it was also extremely rewarding to complete whatever the objective was. But I think one thing that it you can't put in a book is the camaraderie and the esprit de corps that you end up building with your troop mates and that unspoken brotherhood uh, that you, you share. I hope that these students get a taste of that. Because, uh, you know, I, and I've heard of similar things, you know, like a hockey team or something. You're going to have that bondage of a team. And when you have that bonding as a team, it's not something that you can just write down and teach to somebody. It's you either get it or you don't. And I'm very excited for their opportunity. Yeah, so. exactly. And, and like I said, we're going to look into this in the future. We're going to try and uh, get some more details and maybe uh, I hope we'll see some more coverage and I hope we'll see more programs like it. Yeah, I, I hope so, too. All right. And then moving past the Regina Police Service Youth Academy, we're also going to be looking at something that I have a real appreciation for. This is my police nerdness coming out, mm -hmm. or I guess you would say the nerdiness coming out of me, um, would be police cars. Again, when I was a kid, there was nothing cooler than a police car. There absolutely was not. Yeah. Granted, my father was a police officer, so... but. I didn't really ever see him in a police car. By the time my dad was quite a bit older when I was younger, and we never really saw him drive cars home at all. And it just, because he worked in a municipal police force, like a regional, uh, they didn't take their cars home. It just wasn't one of those things. Yeah. But when I saw him on the road, I was like, wow, damn, that's a police car. That's really cool. The first time I saw an MDT, so a mobile data terminal, I was like, they got computers and police cars? And this is late 80s. When they had the tiny little keyboards and like you had, uh, I, I can't remember, uh, what was the computer program they used to run back in the DOS. 80s? DOS, thank you. So they had DOS going yeah. in those things, right? So I was always blown away by them. So right now we're going to take a look and I'm going to kind of get all into my nerdiness here. We're going to look at Blue Line Magazine's Canada's 2020 Best Dressed Police Vehicle Award winners. And we're going to talk about them. Uh, I gush about this kind of stuff because, again, I love police design. I think the biggest thing is that you have to have a strong presence in your police vehicles. Absolutely. Ju just for even public confidence. You the know what? It, image is number one. I know we talked a little bit about in the last episode uh, <laughs> about the donuts, how you eat with your eyes first. But really, it's one of those things where it applies to all facets of life, where we're a visual species and what we see will make an impact on us, whether it's conscious or not, before we learn anything about it, right? So good or bad, right? You know, uh, and I, yeah, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head there with the presence, not just for the police cars now i know we're going to be talking about police cars here but also uniforms as well right like i think it's one of those things where that image is going to be the first thing that comes into play in every situation and if you yeah. roll up in a nice looking squad car it's gonna look good it, it, it speaks for itself it's professional and, and one of the biggest things and that i've seen in my career is that going from different places now i've worked with municipal police forces i've worked in jfo so the joint force operations with other municipal police forces i grew up around policing as well as one of the biggest things i had a, a great time with was and we talked about in the last episode the strathroy caradoc international police emergency day where all the police agencies came from southern ontario the united yeah. states michigan new york and they all came together to go and show off it was basically a giant police showcase yeah and the 
first thing that I noticed, especially working with municipal police forces, was a couple of them. And I will give uh, the London Police Service a big shout out on this one. They kept their vehicles immaculate. And now I'm not sure maybe after a long shift, maybe not looking so immaculate, (laughs) but the cars are always cleaned and they were always very professional looking. So a big shout out to London Police for that. The Hamilton Police as well. Toronto was pretty good. And I just noticed that. And it was one of the things that I brought when I moved out of Ontario and out to BC and I was in my Chevy Silverado 2500 rolling up in northern BC through the rural communities up there. At the end of every shift, I made sure my car was washed. Yeah, That car was my car for the two years that I was out in the middle of nowhere. I made sure that it looked professional. Now, getting into the winner of the 2020 award and this is a regular thing for blue line magazine that's a magazine that we in law enforcement in canada it's kind of like the unofficial magazine of canada uh, of policing in canada well easily yeah it's our it's our reference i guess you would say a lot of the new innovation comes out of there some great articles some great awards that they give out and technology that they they spotlight in our profession and it's a lot of the contributions come from within the community as a whole. Not so much the, you know, businesses that may profit over advertising or something, or even just, for example, the two Dodge Chargers that we're looking at. This is not from Dodge, right? This contribution is from the police agency. That's right. So and that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be terrible on police. So that's going to be coming out of Quebec. Yeah. And uh, just kind of going in, like you said, I really look forward to seeing this every year. I'm one of the religious Absolutely. guys that looks at it and I read Blue Line religiously just because yeah. I find it really interesting and I'm a police nerd. Same. So when this comes out every year, I'm always stoked. I'm excited to see what's coming out new in the police vehicles. So Terrebonne wins this year's uh, best dressed police vehicle. And I'm looking at it right now. If you go onto the Blue Line magazine, so it's blueline.ca. Uh, we are not sponsored, obviously, by Blue Line or anybody associated with that, but we're just using their website to take a look at this and to be able to congratulate the uh, the winners this year. But looking at it, obviously, Dodge Chargers, that's kind of new to me, not so much yourself, because your yeah. experience with South Island or Vancouver Island, that's correct, yeah. Chargers were a regular... Yeah, once the Crown Vicks made their you know, way out as uh, Ford decided to decommission them. They shut down St. Thomas, yep. Yeah, well, Victoria and other agencies around Victoria initially turned to the Charger. And one thing I have to say for the Charger, there's pluses, there's minuses. I'm not going to get into any of those. That's not. We're not talking about the cars today. But one thing, particularly when you've got a nice appearance like the Terrebonne ones here if you're the member in that vehicle you're gonna feel confident just being in it it looks great and that's priceless almost you know yeah and we're going on just looking at the photo we have never made contact with Terrebonne police service so this is obviously just our opinion on the police vehicles and and just first look at the news article is that Exactly. That is two very professional looking PCs. So the one on the left is going to be your typical black with white doors. Yep. And historically speaking, that was the paint job of police vehicles, except for the weird ones in Peel, which is, used to be Streetsville well, Police, which was a yellow, all yellow police car okay, near Toronto. That was, yeah. yeah. So, I mean. To me, the, the black and white is the image of North American police cars, period. And I'm sure there are many other people who share that ingrained in their brain. Police cars are black and white. And I remember being a little kid and the Vic PD cars were not the black and white. They are now. Things things changed a few years back. but And I was just like, what's wrong like why are cop cars so crappy looking it's because everybody used to watch chips and chips back in the day you had your the california highway patrol they had a black and white car and a lot of the old school uh, hollywood movies and that a lot of the lapd cars they were all very similar to the black and white and that was always they used to call them the panda bear cars so me growing up in ontario it was the opp Uh, affectionately called the ODOTs. So the OPP, the Ontario Provincial Police, they had black and whites. Mm -hmm. When I grew up, when I was a kid, they were white 
PCs and they had yellow writing down the side with the OPP and nice little stylized writing on the doors. Yeah. And I believe they had a blue stripe down the side, but it wasn't very pronounced, but it was, it was a white car in general. Yeah. And then I would say it had to have been in the late 90s that they switched over, if not the early 2000s, to back to the black and whites. So I actually remember when OPP switched back to the uh, black and whites. And I think you got the timeline pretty close, if not perfect. Uh, because they were one of the first Canadian agencies that went away from what was the 80s white cars that we saw across the nation back to what I'm going to say the traditional, uh, at least traditional to me, black and white, stereotypical, again, Hollywood-inspired. I love it, personally. I think it's a fantastic image. The two from Terrabon here, the black and white one is far superior to the white, all-white one that they've got next to it. It's okay, but the black and white is... I expect a police car to look something like that. The Even the writing on the hood, it's just the gold lettering bordering the police words and stuff. It's top-notch. There's no mistaking this vehicle for a police vehicle. That, 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 at the end of the day, that is the goal, yeah, is to right. say, hey, listen, like I know back in the day, I mean, we can get into it, but the Toronto Police Service started putting on the reflectors. So it was like a 3M tape they put all the way around their cars so that obviously as you drove toward them, if you're coming towards a scene, you saw this giant outline yeah. of the frame, or I'd say the body of the vehicle. Yeah. And that was something really big. Whereas this, there's giant letters that say in black and white, so, or I should say black, or black and yellow. Uh, police and that that's what you want so i don't know if terabon is doing it and there's no way we can tell by looking at this photo but i know the victoria police cars it's that same 3m photo reflective material albeit colorized they've actually got a couple of units down in victoria that are ones black on black and white on white but again if it's nighttime and you profile like you could park that car sideways across a dark street and your headlights would light that thing up like a flare and because all the writing and everything like that is in that reflective material and it is extremely visible and that's like that's the ghost cars what people would affectionately call a ghost car yes exactly but also the marked units in victoria you are using that 3m material as well so yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm blown away by Terrebonne. They did a good job. There's yeah. not a whole lot of the police vehicles I've seen that come out of Quebec uh, and Ontario that I'm not really that impressed by. Uh, there's not a whole lot of time being put toward uh, the creativity. Uh, but the runners-up looks like second place went to Manitoba First Nations Police Service. Solid black vehicle. Yeah. The eagle almost looks like a screaming eagle kind of logo yeah. there in the middle. Or Sorry, it looks like a crow, actually, or a raven. Wait, which obviously that this image is so small mm -hmm. um, it has obviously a significance to the indigenous backgrounds within the manitoba first nations with the raven i think it's a great looking pc now they're running uh ford explorers and i know they're not called explorers anymore and uh, if you look online they're, they're calling them something different like police interceptor now like what they took the police interceptor away from the crown vix oh, and yeah, now they're calling the explorer just basically CDPI. that that's right and then they're running looks like a ford f-150 and again it looks like a slick back uh explorer so again nice vehicles i think it's a good design the f-150 blows me away that's a really nice sign i don't think i would think police right away other than yeah. maybe the the bar on the front they got the uh, the Outback bar in the very front and then the bit of a streamlined new LED light bar on the top. Yeah. But yeah, I mean... So for me, the Explorer on the right that's got the light bar on the top and the Ram bar at the front and opposed to the slick back. The fact that they've done the image, let's just call it... The way they've done the, the image... image uh, on the side of the police car with the raven, I'm presuming, raven imp almost embracing. You, you could, I wish we could zoom in better and have a closer look at it because I, I would almost, from like an artistic standpoint, 
I would like to see it holding the word police in its talons. I think that would be badass. And I, where it's mounted on the vehicle with the bird at the background, it could easily be done and it looks super cool. The pickup truck, the I guess it's the F-150. Yeah, that's an F-150 with the headlights there, yeah. Yeah, so it's just the short box is throwing me off. The fact that the word police is almost an afterthought on the rear of the vehicle, I personally don't like. The supersized image of the bird along the middle and the fact that it's one wing is basically cut off over, I guess, where a canopy would be on the truck Mm -hmm. is honestly disappointing. Honestly, I would have been much happier if they had kept the imagery off of the other SUV. On the right there. Yeah. Yeah. And then this, we go to the slick back one where it's got the word police on the driver's side door. And then the Raven on the rear door into the back part of the vehicle, which is, I think, all right. But that first one on the right there is is definitely my personal favorite. Yeah, um, it, it, it would be nice to get a bigger photo, obviously. And yeah. a lot of the pictures that I pull off, and again, being a nerd, uh, policecanada.ca is my one of my favorite websites to go to if I'm nerding out on, on police gear and, and vehicles. And I, I couldn't find one there with this particular paint job on it, only because I think it's very new to them. And it's yeah. a photo that was submitted by the police force. So. That makes sense, yeah. It's, and you know what? It, it looks sharp, but I would have some concern about it not looking very police. Mm-hmm. No, but I, I, I really like it. I, it's one of those things where, again, I really wish we could get a closer look at it. I think the the bird imagery, whether raven or eagle, whatever it is, I would imagine is probably very well detailed. Considering it's an all-black vehicle, I would be surprised if they didn't use the 3M reflective decaling. And I bet those cars look amazing at night. I would love to get some high flash dark shots that would probably make those images pop it would be super cool i imagine yeah i think second place for the police presence and the creativity is is definitely it it sits very high in my books uh and the fact that all three designs um you know what that shows me that shows innovation definitely and that shows some creativity and again we were talking about this earlier like you and i uh, you know we should be allowed to fail and fail often Mm -hmm. when it comes to innovation within police work it's it's how the big tech companies do it it's how we've gotten to where we are today in the world with regards to technology so the same principles need to go to policing maybe it's not in our policies for maybe hard skills with regards to things that affect people Right. When we're talking about use of force, when we're talking about arrest powers, when we're talking about criminal code charges and investigations. Simple thing is police vehicle design. Mm -hmm. Well, it's second place is definitely well deserved for them. Uh, They're fantastic. In all honesty, the lack of uniformity between the, the vehicles, I think, is a bit of. A play as well in a good way it is that kind of that innovation do all the cars need to look exactly the same maybe not i can see arguments both for and against that being you know equally credible however why not right like they they're pushing the envelope a little bit and and you talk about uh, using an analogy of a big tech company one thing that i've always used as an analogy is muscle building you have to tear a muscle in order to grow it. That's the whole reason why we lift weights. We cause little tears, it heals, it builds, right? There, again, any business, any police agency, the mindset, the philosophy behind policing, just your day-to-day life in general. If you don't push the envelope and strive for that growth, yeah, you're going to hit some tears, some lumps and bumps. So you're going to have some fight failures along the way, but it's that recovery. It's that growth that you're going to have after the fact that's going to make you stronger, smarter, better agency, more successful, whatever. What we're afraid of today, and we see this, and it's not so much as only the fault on police, but it's also police service boards. If we're doing that, it'd be obviously in Canada, we have the federal government, you know, ruling over the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, as well as the provincial outfits as well, too, being ruled by the provincial governments in Quebec and Ontario. And like you said, maybe we're just, we're adverse to failure. Yeah. 
And like I said, we don't have to do it in the big, 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 big picture items. But it's things like this. You know, it's things like police vehicle design. Yeah. You know, let's 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 fail here and see where our successes are. And we throw a couple of things on there. Now, obviously, it costs money to be able to do so. And that's an entirely separate conversation about police services boards approving expenditure, especially in the public spectrum. But that being said, this is where we can fail and come up with good ideas, because I guarantee you the cars that we're looking at right now and we're looking at third place here as well, too. This is a unique design that somebody came up with and yeah. somebody was willing to put a creative idea forward. But before we go into the third place one right here, I, I want to say, and I'm probably going to be citing the wrong agency, but I'm fairly confident in saying I believe it's Abbotsford that does something unique with their community service vehicles whenever they get one, is they come up with a new design, a new paint job if you will for the community service vehicle and it's unique to that vehicle but if you look over the past couple of decades worth of abbey pd vehicles and their frontline patrol cars you can actually see where there's been snippets of inspiration taken from these community vehicles over time and it's honestly it's i think it's a really cool really engaging cost-effective way of doing it and i know i think it was about 2016 i know they did they actually got the community involved and was like hey design the new paint job for the police car and that's a really good idea and it was like a competition for kids in schools and stuff yeah what what does the community want to see exactly. their frontline policing because we are public servants yeah. and, and it is up Victoria to the ripped yeah. off the concepts and did something as well where the kids could design the police car and it Oh, it was super cool, personally. So Yeah, and, and opening that up to people that have a creative mind and have that artistic skill that can interpret that into something like a service vehicle. Yeah. It, it, I, I think it'd be a great idea. So moving into number three, we're looking at Service de Police de la Ville de Saint-Eustache. I'm glad you said that and not me. That's a mouthful, and it's long. So again, we're looking at the police service for this, the village of Saint-Eustache in Quebec. I'm going to give it a go here. Service de police de la ville de Saint-Eustache. There we go. So I feel like there should be some accents in there. Probably, that's, but... That's my inability to speak French coming up. We're so sorry if anybody from yeah. the police <laughs> service in ville de Saint-Eustache, or Eustache, we're very sorry if we're murdering that name. But what we're not going to do is we're not going to murder you on your police vehicle design because I will yeah. say this. This is a creative design. Again, we're looking at the Dodge Charger, so we don't need really necessarily to speak to that. But it's an interesting concept on the blue and the white. Yep. Okay. Uh, but again, looks uniform. And the three stripes, we're looking at a obviously more of a Quebec and French design that adds into there that we see with places like Montreal, Quebec mm -hmm. City, uh, those types of police vehicles. And I really like it. It's 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 nothing really to write home about. Yep. It's a very generic police on the side with the patch on the door, but it's a white on blue. And yeah, there's not, I don't think there's really much else to say. It looks like a pretty generic charger with just a nice accented vehicle. So there's a couple of things that I noticed right away that I, I quite like about it. So it, as I've said before, like the uh, winning ones from this year, that traditional black and white with the white doors is, is an imagery that I love. Now, this one is almost taken that image switched the black out for a dark blue and turned it sideways. If you look at it, they've got this horizontal whiteness that comes across the car. The roof and A-frame remains the dark blue and the bottom probably, what are we going to call it, quarter of the car all along the running board? And yeah, about that. Yep. You know, about halfway up the wheel well. Mm -hmm. But then at the rear of the car, it starts going up at an angle. It, it actually... I don't know, almost looks a bit sporty. Like the, the lines on this car look really good. The yellow diagonal lines that they have across the door, obviously there's a safety aspect to that. And particularly in the photo, it looks like it's catching the light more than other parts of the car, considering the way the photo was taken. 
at the angle, I would say it's the proper like 3M reflective material. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, it looks sporty, but it still looks very professional. And I, I really like it. Yeah, I like it too. And when you deal with the chargers, the chargers have a very unique design line that goes down the what would be the body panels on either side of the vehicle. And a lot of police forces, especially the ones that I see in Ontario, uh, you look at uh, London City Police has now started doing it. You've seen, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Windsor was doing it as well. And they use that line as almost a graphic design line. Yeah. And they run the vehicle or they run the, uh, the the design graphics up that angle and work it that way. Yeah. Whereas this actual vehicle, I find they work just as well with the Charger. The Charger doesn't look ugly no. in this design. Now, the, the Charger is always more of an aggressive, I guess you would say, in the automotive world. Absolutely. It's a more of a sportier vehicle. They, they call it aggressive designs. Yeah. But I think that this vehicle actually doesn't really necessarily... Uh, portray that and I think it just portrays professionalism yeah and I think people have talked about the militarism that's evolving in policing I think this car actually goes to a little bit against that which is a lot of people would probably find very refreshing I I like it I think it's a good looking car and I think they've done a good job with it and like I said it, it it took some creativity to throw that together um I don't think by any means somebody's getting on paint on Microsoft Paint and doing the old program where it's like, well, what if we did this, yeah, a straight yeah. line here? No, this actually took some thought. So yeah. well done. Obviously, I'm not going to murder this name again, but the service de police de la ville de Saint-Eustache in Quebec. Good job. Uh, we look at some the community relations category winner in, this is again going to kill me, it is Wick Menekong, uh, Tribal Police Service. Wick Wemekong. That's right, Wick Wemekong. Uh, travel police and yeah, I apologize I, to the name as well. I'm, I'm terrible. So we've got the vehicle there. It's a Dodge Ram and it is kitted out with, and for a community service vehicle, I think this is, they, they, like you said, hit the nail on the head. I think it's a great looking car. Yep. We've got the graphics on there for what appears to be an Eagle that runs all the way down the side panel of the vehicle. It's got police. It's got the name of their service. And it's it's kitted appropriately. And I really think it's a great job. I think that we start to see some real create creativity. Yeah. I think we see some real creativity coming out of our Indigenous police forces Absolutely. and police services in Canada. And this is one part where I like to see that artistic angle. And yeah. adding that to a police vehicle is a win in my books. Particularly for a community relations vehicle, uh, I think this is fantastic. I could see arguments against it as a, a frontline patrol vehicle, for sure. But that's not its purpose. And its purpose is community relations. I think the integration of what I'm assuming is an eagle... Uh, obviously very significant to the First Nations communities across the country. This is fantastic. I'd, I'd love to see more stuff like this, particularly on the community relations side of things. This is literally speaking directly via images to the community that these police are serving with the images, I would hope, if not chosen, at least influenced by the community that they're in. That's right. And I think the biggest thing with community vehicles, and I remember being a kid and I was always around the Niagara Regional Police. So the community vehicle was a Ford Taurus wagon. No, just to make it worse, it was a Ford Taurus wagon. That's right. It was like that round, bubbly, watermelon seed. I think everybody used to call that design. And it was just dressed up the exact same thing. It just said community services down the side. And it was always driven by one of my dad's friends and, and, you know, God bless his heart and everything. He passed away probably about 10 years ago now, but, and everybody knew who he was. Everybody knew Don and everybody knew that he'd be driving that car. Yeah. And, but the thing is, it's like just community service down the side is all you saw. Yeah. So something like this, and that was me being a kid. We always saw that car rolling around, but seeing this as a youth and you know that, there's some buy-in as well to visually speaking. There's an interest. It's really yes. creative. It's interesting looking. 
I feel like the youth would be okay with walking up to this police vehicle and having a conversation with the officer or whoever the volunteer might be inside of it. I think it's good. I think it's a great design. I think they've done an excellent job. Uh, Absolutely. I agree 100%. All right. Looking at the next category was the law enforcement category winner is parliamentary protective services. And so this is the police force or the security force, I, I should say, that is in charge of the security of Parliament Hill. Yeah. Short of the RCMP's mandate of protection of the actual grounds itself. But this yeah. is the organization at, that takes care of security inside Parliament. Yes. And as we look at this vehicle, I actually like it. Yeah, so one of the things right off the bat is the fact that it doesn't have the word police on it. I actually like because I know that the protective service, a very specialized, very different role. And I think it's important for that image to be present for the members of the public. While these officers are probably quite helpful to engage with the public, I, I don't, the, they are not the police and they need to be treated appropriately. And then that goes both ways. I, I really like that about it. I also will keep talking by saying the gradient blue that fades from almost black at the front of the vehicle up to the almost royal blue in the center of the door there. Super awesome. Uh, I, I really like it. This is a really, really good looking car. So I'm wondering if it actually fades from the blue into black at the at the rear there so i'm 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 the color fade the if that's a wrap because that might be a wrap that might not be paint that might just be almost all vehicle deckling whether it's police or even just private vehicles now uh, again this is going back to my college education in the automotive industry uh are wraps Mm -hmm. nowadays it's so much more cost effective my bet is it's a full body vinyl wrap, but the actual color gradient, if you look right up at that front bumper right yep. behind the ram bar, it's blue, but it's a super dark blue and it's like almost black. And then it gradually fades to that really brighter mid-tone in the center of the vehicle and then back to the dark again. Super thrilled with this vehicle. It's one of the coolest ones I've seen in a long time. Yeah, for a Ford Taurus. Yeah. Which, which again, we're yeah. finding out now in the last couple, well, I guess it would be the last year. They're not going to make them anymore. Good. So, yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think everybody that ever drove, yeah. and I'm... A big, I don't, uh, a big apology to the parliamentary protective services, but they lose points for having the tours. Yeah, so, I have to say this is that, you know, we're not pro any one particular vehicle manufacturer and it will be a conversation in the future we will have that oh yeah i'll have more than a few things to say we'll have a few things to say and and there's plus and minuses to everything but in the experience that i've had with the ford the taurus the actual and it's definitely not the sho their show version um i wasn't the biggest fan i've never been stuck between gears so many times I mean, we're talking about vehicles that have 80, 90 to 100,000, and, and especially in my particular agency, up to 140 or 150,000 kilometers on them, and they're hard miles. Those yeah. cars rarely ever stop. They don't, they're don't. they always turning wheels all day long. Yeah. But I've never run into transmission issues like I have with those particular types of vehicles. And this one here, for the appearance of the police vehicle i actually like the look of the taurus when it came out yeah. and they started putting them out when they closed down the saint thomas plant getting rid of the crown vic yeah. the paint for this particular vehicle on the the pps actually looks i like it i like yeah. it on the ford i wonder if it would look as good on a dodge charger which it sounds like most people are going to if not the dodge charger switching into the explorer or we're seeing yeah. some different models such as the tahoe such as the expeditions back before I, I would like to see this on the explorer particularly the ford lines are a lot more rounded than the dodge ones again we've talked about that aggressiveness Let's face it, there's, you know, in the automotive industry, American muscle is a, a very aggressive sounding niche purposely. 
It's We're not in Sweden where they're using Volvos and saws. I was just about to get to <laughs> Volvos. Uh, having been in a decommissioned police Volvo in the UK when I was there, uh, but still had the police-tuned engine in it, uh, it sure as hell didn't feel like a Volvo. Uh, and it was actually a real fun ride to be in. Uh, I think this paint scheme would actually look super cool on one of the Volvo S80s. Again, that longer, sleeker, curvy lines that the Volvo has, like the Taurus here. I think it's really cool. I don't think it would look as good on the more blocky Dodges. Yeah, and I think for for sedan vehicles, because now Chevy got rid of, obviously, their Impalas. They got rid of their yeah. Caprice that came back out. And there's those <clears throat> few freakish police forces in the U.S., that like went all in on the Caprice because you saw the historical, the older uh, senior management people that were like, well, wait a second, Chevy's putting out a vehicle again? The Caprice Classic? Are you kidding me? The giant wide wheeled base Caprices? I'm in. There's a reason why those vehicles only stayed in production for four years, almost five years. And and it's just not it. So for choices there... For the PPS, they went with the Ford, and you know what? I, the design, great. The car it's on, meh. So I'll leave it. I'll leave that one at that. Uh, then they go over to the special service category winner is Hamilton Police Service for the Marine One. Police boats? I'm going to be straight up, don't do it for me. I'm not a Marine guy, yeah. even though we're on Vancouver Island. We're surrounded by oh. water, the ocean, and the sea. Yeah, you know what? <sighs> Like, what were they judging it on? I, I'm, I'm curious. Well, I'm, and that's it. And that's what I'm going to... I have to speak on this. It's... It looks like... I don't think it's even a rib, is it? I think it's no, it's a, a full cast. Yeah. So, anyway, it, it's a boat. It's got a black hull. It's got white lettering on the side that has... Hamilton Police. Hamilton Police. It looks like the cabin of the boat is just brushed aluminum... Or it's painted gray, gray like leftover Canada Navy gray. Uh, and then the front of the boat says police on it. And then there's the crest for the department on the door to the cabin. Uh, I'm sorry, this is not deserving of any kind of recognition. I, I just, I wonder, and again, Blue Line, I love you. Yeah. I really do. I'm curious if there was only one person that put in for this one say is this the only boat that was entered this year one contestant i I guess i hope so because this is kind of sad yeah i mean if when we're talking about marine vehicles marine vehicles and marine vehicles the the rcmp in canada does a pretty good job of just doing the same things they do on the pcs it's a white hull with the the, our rainbow colored uh stripe down the side that says police seen one of the local boats here near nanaimo it looks way better than this thing. Yeah, and, and I've seen some also good ones too. Niagara Regional puts out a couple of really nice ones that float along on Lake Ontario and Lake Erie. I think it was the RNC that has a, a really cool Zodiac design, Yeah, if I remember correctly. It, this, I'm talking, this is probably the better part of a decade ago. but Oh, don't worry, I'll probably find it for yeah. you. Yeah, there's lots of photos on there. Uh, but again, if you want to go look at some good ideas, you use those as your stencils. Yeah. And you go to Toronto, their marine units just look like they're old PCs yeah. with a white and that. So really nothing else to talk about. Uh, marine vehicles. Well, before we, you know, just bash the Hamilton police boat into the ground and and run away. I, I There is something really nice about this that I do have to compliment. And it's not the boat itself. It's the photo that was taken. The fact that they've literally got the boat coming up over a wave and taking the basically a jump, it's I would be surprised if the whole boat didn't come out of the water in the next like two seconds after this photo was taken because it's hauling ass and this is actually a good action shot. The Canada flag up on the tops flapping. I'm still trying to figure out where they did it because they did it in Hamilton Harbor, which I it it might be the harbor. If they did it under the Skyway, well done. You probably jumped some wake from one of the big Lakers coming through underneath the bridge. Either that or they got a second boat to rip through and create a Create some wake so they could jump it. So well done, like you said. Either way, the photo itself is very cool. The boat itself is not 
nicely decorated. I would say it's calendar worthy. But not because of how the paint job looks. No, because of the photo. It's it's an action shot. We have a boat. We know how to use it. It's Yeah, two thumbs up on the action shot. Yeah. Okay, so, and on that note, clearing off with the marine section, that was it for the Blue Line Top Canada's Best Dressed Police Vehicles of 2020. Um, that kind of clears us out for the episode. We just want to say thank you very much for downloading the podcast. We want to say thank you for listening to us, for sharing this time, for allowing us to bring forward the stories and the good news coming out of police agencies and first responders in Canada. And we hope that everybody stays safe out there. Watch your six and we'll see you guys next week.